Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And this uh, late summer, um, early fall, is just stunning. It cools down at night. You can already sense the days are getting shorter. In fact, you you morning folks, it's, it's kind of disappointing for us. Morning light is you, it's getting shorter and shorter, So, uh, but it's nice and cool. Your plants are loving this too. So I've got a wildflower, uh, wildflower patch in my office or in my outside my office looking out. In fact, right now the studio windows, I'm looking out to this beautiful wildflower patch. It's quite large. We're not talking like 10 square feet. We're talking an entire backyard, birds and butterflies. And, and to watch the seasonality change of this flower garden, these are perennials. They come back every year. They reseed. They, they just, it's wild and beautiful. And all of these summer and fall flowers are starting to show up already at the garden center. We've seen our first crop came in just this week of mums or chrysanthemums. That's totally a fall crop. You can't find a mum to save you in the spring of the year. They're just green blobs in a bucket. No one wants those. Not when you can get gallardias and, and uh, uh, pinstamens and all these other great spring bloomers. But right now it's the fall bloomers. And mums, they'll start blooming now. And they'll stay in bloom until we get a hard, hard freeze usually close to Thanksgiving or so. So it's a very long bloom cycle. You're seeing your tomatoes. My tomatoes, they're ripening. You can almost watch them grow by the day, setting fruits. They've been just kind of green, not producing. All of a sudden, there's tomatoes everywhere. Oh, my goodness, just like that. So a little moisture, some humidity, cooler evenings, and that is what makes plants grow so well in the mountains of Arizona. They've been waiting for this. So I often tell folks in my newcomers class, um, June, June is your hardest gardening month in the mountains of Arizona. The reason being it's summer, it's the hottest temperatures, it's well into the 90s. It's no humidity. It's like 10% humidity or, or less. I think that's only because the scale only goes down to 10 and the needle can't go below 10. It can't measure anything less, less humidity than that. So plants, that's hard on things. You've got this prevailing southwest wind. It just blows nonstop, day and night, blows dry, arid wind on foliage that's brand new. It just came out in March and in, in uh, April, May, pretty much. And so you get this tender new foliage on your aspens and your, your maples and your apples and your peaches. Brand new foliage on those butterfly bush and lilacs. And that's, they're, they're more sensitive. Your, your spruce are just starting to emerge. Brand new candle growth. And they're growing fast. They've been waiting all winter to elongate and show off. It's got this tender new growth. And they can succumb to it. They get dry easily. And so this time of year, it's humid. There isn't any prevailing southwest wind. The ground, generally speaking, is moist. It's very, I was just planting uh, three butterfly bush in my own backyard at home. 
and boy, it's like digging butter. It was so, so nice. The ground was moist. It wasn't many, and many times I've had to take a pick or a digging barge, just watch it barely go into the ground because it's so dry and crusty. Right now, no pick needed, just as long as you don't hit a rock. No pick needed, just goes right in and easier to dig things. And so, wow, it's a good time. This is also why it's such a good time to plant trees, especially fruit trees and shade trees. In fact, if, if you're thinking of planting trees, let's say you've got a brand new lot, or, or let's say one of your trees faded, that drought from last year got to it, and it's just ugly or dead, it's good time to, to, to cut that thing down, clear it out, and plant a new one. Uh, because it will root out very fast right now. Things are actively growing, not just on the top growth. You're seeing new leaves come out, but what happens underground is even more, it's even better. So brand new tendrils, uh, brand new soft white, it's almost like hair roots growing out into the surrounding soil. So you can get an extra foot, foot and a half of root growth just by planting a new tree right now. It's a game changer. Uh, for next spring's growth. So if it will literally, you plant a tree in the ground, let's, uh, let's say you put in a new cherry tree or new butterfly bush or lilac, whatever, you put it into the ground, it will root out and it will continue to do that to the end of the year. Then it will start to set buds, usually flower or leaf buds. It'll set both depending on what the plant is. And so if you're planting, uh, let's say boxwood, mainly a boxwood is a leafy green shrub with waxy green leaves. Deer don't eat it, javelina don't bother it. It's a great kind of chest high evergreen shrub. From the end of the year through about March, it just sets literally hundreds of leaf buds. And so it'll root through the end of the year, then it sets hundreds of leaf buds, and then it just explodes with new growth next spring. Whereas if you're to wait to plant that till next, let's say, March or April, yes, it would, it would actually form some more leaves, but there's not as much root mass to support that. So you don't get as much. By planting it now, you get more roots, which makes it hardier for next June's hot, dry month. Uh, season. So that month, June is the hardest month to grow things. And then it just expands from there. You'll take a, a shade tree, let's say a, a birch or a, a Bradford pear, elms, zircovas. There's all kinds of great hardy shade trees for here. If you got a back patio that's just blistering hot, don't wait to plant that next summer. Plant it now. So you get time to to get this thing three times the size next year when it's hot and dry for next June's hot, dry, dry months. So it's a strategy. When can you put things in to get the most benefit so you're not working against the environment, you're working with the environment. And in the mountains of Arizona, really whenever those monsoon rains hit, typically July 4th through October is kind of a sweet spot. It's just kind of like the ideal time. It's also the only time you'll find certain kinds of plants. Let's say your, your summer, let's say mums, I mentioned that. We got mums in, echinaceas, uh, uh, gallardias. There's all these summer asters, uh, flocks. There's all these great summer flowers, bright colors, huge, brand new introductions. You've never seen it before. They just landed, they just started to be harvest, harvested now and showed because they show off now through through fall so basically through november or so through at least halloween then we'll start to see some light frost many times we call it an indian summer 
it, it, it gets a little chilly and then it warms right back up. That's the way it'll do it through, through Thanksgiving at least. So plants continue to grow. It's a good time to plant. If you're new, the desert folks don't understand this. They're thinking, oh, it's too hot. We can't plant until December or the first of the year. No, there's actually a better time in the mountains because we don't get that hot. Or the Midwest folks go, oh, no, it's, it'll get so cold, the plants will, will shut down. Well, we don't get that cold. That's why we live here. We, we moved out of Wisconsin and Minnesota and Michigan, and we moved down to God's country. So, we, so plants continue to grow. If you're planting now, which is great, just make sure, here's the insider tip, make sure you're watering your plants right through winter. So you will start to shut off our irrigation starting in November sometime. So we've got quite a ways to go yet. Just giving you a forethought, just helping you think through your the, the care and health of those new plants you're putting in right now. It, starting November, start watering those trees and shrubs a couple times a month. Give them a deep soak. If your irrigation's off, go up by hand. Just water them a good, get, pick a nice day in January. There's always several nice weeks that we have. No matter what the temperature is, it's going to be bright and sunny. Yeah, we might have to put a light vest on, break out the hose and go water. Then we go water a couple times a month. And that will ensure those new root hairs that were formed, continue. they don't dry up. They continue to stay vibrant and young and they, they will ignite with new growth. You'll get more leaf and flower buds coming out uh, next, next spring. Got a lot in store for you. We got Lisa Waters Lane coming in right after these important messages. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants for August are Radio Red Salvias, Butterfly Bush, and Trumpeting Vine. Large clusters of red and orange flowers create a dramatic show all season long with Waters Trumpet Vine. This vigorous vine thrives in heat and blooms profusely with neglect. Quickly covers large areas as a ground cover, spilling over retaining walls, screening a fence, or cloaking arbors. Guaranteed to attract more hummingbirds and only found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. I hate weeds. Monsoon rains are so refreshing, even my landscape comes alive. But so do my weeds. Stop weeds in their track in one simple step. Water's weed and grass stopper spreads like fertilizer. It kills weed seed before monsoon rains allow them to sprout. No need to weed. It's safe for trees, even flower beds, and so much safer than that toxic waste the big box sells. Weed and Grass Stopper, it's just $24 and only found at Waters Garden Center. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. All right, so we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about? Uh, what's uh, just what's going on in other people's gardens? And we can share that advice or concerns or notice to other folks. Just making you aware. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. Yeah. Good to be back. Got a nice lake glow to you. Nice <laughs> tan going on. Yes, kind of, sort of. Or is it just sweat from the day? I'm not sure. We were uh, on Lake Powell so last weekend, mm-hmm. and so uh, um, there, 
the, the lake is low. So everyone keeps, oh, keeps yeah. asking, well, is the lake low? I'm going, yeah. But there's still hundreds of miles of lake if you can just get your boat into it. So <laughs> they've only got one boat ramp. Uh -huh. It's only got two lanes. They're super efficient. Usually they've got two huge, ginormous mm -hmm. boat ramps, like 14 lanes each. Now they're down to two. But they've got so much help there that it just really yeah. flows fast. I'm just super impressed with the National Park Service, what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They've really done a good job did. with a difficult lake level. Right, so. right. So Actually, there, you get to see more of the lake, more cliffs, more <laughs> more beaches, more beaches, <laughs> no, lots of beaches. If you can just there. get your boat down there, yeah, we got it down, we got it out, no problem, and no problem. Yeah, someday I'm gonna have to learn how to to back a boat. Really, folks, you heard it here. She I wants to learn someday. how to boat to back someday. a trailer. Someday, it's a little boat, 24 foot. So just slide it right back in the water, goes right off. Yeah, it's I don't have the backing gene. <laughs> Next truck we get, it's gonna backing cameras over, under, back, <laughs> all over the place. So I think that technology exists. So. I hope so because I don't have it. So yeah. what about gardening? Sure. What kind of garden things are people talking about? I do have the gardening gene. Uh, you sure do, without <laughs> doubt. Okay. Yeah. Well, Jack needs to put in, um, he's thinking about putting in Deodora Cedars because he needs to block his neighbor's new RV garage. <laughs> so he wants to block that. He was looking at the Deodora Cedars, wants to know, are there any negatives to those guys that he should be aware of? And is there something equally better that maybe he should take a look at? Yeah. So Deodora Cedars, the fastest growing of the evergreens, one of the fastest. And so, I mean, Arizona cypress, there's, there's several junipers that can do this, but Deodorus cedars super fast. Mm -hmm. the, the negative with it, it doesn't have any real predators, bugs, diseases. What it does have is just super fast growth and it overgrows its welcome. Mm -hmm. It overgrows its space because it's so aggressive. And so it can get too big for certain areas. So you see a lot of folks plant those near their driveways mm -hmm. and they've, they've been cute little Christmas trees for 10 years. And all of a sudden you'll see them limb them up because mm -hmm. the branches are now swooping and half the driveway right. is now covered in evergreen, you know, boughs jump, jumping over the, you can't park. Mm -hmm. So you start seeing them. I call it Dr. Seussing. <laughs> they just start making them look like Dr. Seuss cartoons as they trim them up so they fit their space better you can almost yeah. drive underneath them mm -hmm. and so that that sounds like for an rv garage perfect choice oh my goodness uh for for a, a, a screening back corner of a smaller lot great don't put it by the patio put it out by the back corner where it can afford to get some size to it mm -hmm. put it on that northwest side to cut that cold winter wind that blows from us out of that northwest it'll just cut that wind so there's less mm -hmm. cold coming at you it reduces your 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 cool your heating bills at that point right. so there's a lot of ways to use it i wouldn't put it right on a on a street mm -hmm. it's not a street tree it'll lift your patio it'll lift the sidewalk it'll lift the street so just kind of <laughs> give it where it's got space right uh and that, that's a good choice but for them for uh, an rv Mm -hmm. garage put two or three of them in it'll be gone by <laughs> next a year from now it'll be gone <laughs> never know it was perfect there. perfect yeah okay next question is a little long but listen okay it's from patty and chino she has a area by the side of her house that's an easement okay 
Um, she had a lot of prickly thistles, all that kind of stuff. She got that pulled out of there. She wants to know, um, is there a grass seed or a wildflower mix she can yeah. put over there that will pretty much take care of itself because it's not an area where she can get a lot of maintenance yeah. and water and all that kind of stuff. So is that a possibility or will she be wasting her time? No, not a waste of time at all. And we've got, what is it? Three, maybe four wild mixes that you could put out there and they can be pretty. You don't have to just go with grassy stuff. We've got two grass mixes. One's called Western native mix. It's what you see on the side of the road. You can go plant that and it will turn that easement into it. And once it starts filling in, it will get rid of those thistles. It mm -hmm. chokes out all the other native weeds, tumbleweeds, goat head, whorehound, all these nasty weeds. Yeah. And so I would say get that down, but we've also got a meadow mix. It's a real low growing mix with some wildflowers in it. Mm -hmm. And then we've got an Arizona and I think a Nate Rocky Mountain and a butterfly and some other we've got we've made some of our own wildflower mixes mm -hmm. so you can have some serious color it could be a, a flower patch that will take care of itself that's yeah, galardia and echinaceas these really penstemons really tough things mm -hmm. but they're pretty too this time of year they're glorious and a mix they tend to change colors so they get in the spring it'll be a different set of flowers and in the summer and the summer is different than the autumn and so you see this change of things and in the winter take a lawnmower over it seed will go flying everywhere it'll come up even better next year this is a good time to spread that out take advantage of the moisture mm -hmm. humidity the cooler days it'll germinate pretty fast right now so yes come see us we can hand hold you walk okay. you. i i've blended two things you can take the western mix and, and some wildflowers together and make sure. your own oh, mix yeah. easily okay so not a waste of time or money. That's not so long, Patty. That was pretty easy. We used to deal with the easements all the time. <laughs> okay. Next question is from Lynn. She wants to know if blue spruce are susceptible to boars okay. and other boring eating type insects. And yeah. is there something you should do to pre-treat them that would be valuable? Sure. Yeah, they can. So, so your Ips beetle, bark beetle, uh, flathead borers, there's certain tip borers, there's certain things that love the taste of evergreens. They prefer the taste of ponderosa pine, junipers, pinion pines, our native stuff. That's what they're trained to, but they'll attack anything that's stressed. So if, it, if your evergreens get stressed at all, mm -hmm. um, you're, you are very susceptible. Treat them. And so the best thing you can do for all of your evergreens, fertilize them, fertilize them now. They're going to fertilize them in the fall of the year. They're going to use that food and store it up, and they're going to use that for next spring's flush of candle growth. So that'll get it to be thicker, fuller, active, new growth. It, it prevents bugs from getting in. So do that. Fertilize with all-purpose plant food. There's a 744 mix that we make here that's mm -hmm. just, it. evergreens just respond so well. It's got some sulfur, some iron, some fairy dust. It's just magic stuff in a bag that evergreens love. Mm -hmm. In addition, going back to your specific point, is there something I can do to, to prevent, keep the bugs out? Mm -hmm. If I've got bugs, it'll get rid of them. If it And then it lasts for a year, it keeps them out. It's called plant protector. It's a liquid. You can mix it up yourself. Mix it up in a watering can. Pour it right at the base of the tree. The plant will absorb it, and it protects that tree, kind of like an antibiotic or vaccine. It's a vaccine for trees. It keeps the bugs out of the trunk of the tree, from the tips mm -hmm. or from the trunk, from the base or from the top. It will permeate the entire uh, cambium layer of that tree. Keeps them healthy. Mm -hmm. 
Would, uh, would you think about adding humic this time of year? Humic, yeah. Humic is especially stress trees. So humic acid or humic is what we sell in a 20-pound bag. It's it's a it's an organic compound. If you take a compost pile and just boil it right down to its last elements, humic acid. What humic acid does, it helps plants root. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a brand new landscape, humic acid, it just really works. Stressed out trees, you've you've overwatered, underwatered, it's just hitting a rock shelf, something's going on, the roots are just stressed out. Humic, along with the fertilizer, use at the same time. So the food is going to promote the upper growth. Mm -hmm. The humic actually encourages or tickles the feet or the roots underneath that plant so it starts to root out deeper, larger, have more root mass. Mm -hmm. So the plant will actually do better. Your worms will be happier. Your soil will be better. There's a lot of benefits to humic. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot you can do. We are out of time, Lise, just okay. like that. So we'll be right back, though. Don't go anywhere. So more garden tips, tricks, and garden hacks after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Hi, Lisa here with the Plants of the Week and our Denver Daisy. Produces large yellow flowers with a radiant burgundy center some might mistake for miniature sunflowers. Attracts both butterflies and compliments. Loves summer heat and extreme conditions. Now that sounds like my kind of flower. Hurry, we only grew 50 of these perennial bloomers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love hardy daisies, they love to shop. 300,000? Imagine a landscape needing 300,000 trees. Wow! But that's exactly how many trees Frederick Olmsted planted in New York's Central Park. That guy liked trees. Me too. A 2014 study found the more trees in a neighborhood, the lower the incidence of heart disease. Darwin, Einstein, and Beethoven hung out with trees to help them think. Trees are part of nature that helps us relax, daydream, and feel happier. Plant your own Central Park from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's Waters with two T's, GardenCenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. I love the late summer, fall planting season. And here's the reason why. It's less about preparing the garden for how it's going to grow for the rest of the season. This is more of a decoration season. So we've gotten our first crops of mums. Uh, they're just cracking color. First crops of pansies, of kales. Uh, your fall uh, fall vegetables are just in. They grow so fast right now that they, they crack color. They're very showy, bright colors. I think of them as more of accessorizing what I already have. That's what a pumpkin is. You put it out by the front door, it's just accessory. It just looks good. It's decoration. Put it with a mom and a, and a pansy or an aster or some dianthus or, or flocks, and it just looks, just brings it right out and goes, look at how pretty, how, how the best season is fall. Aren't you happy? Come on in. It's, that's what plants can do for you. Right now, I'm trying to look for areas where I can plug a few pansies. We grew some uh, specialty pansies. These are pansies are, don't let the name fool you, they love, they're super tough. They love the cold. 
They'll go right through any amount of fall, winter, cold, snow, frost. They love all of that. They will be blooming now through, so nonstop, through next June. For the next year, they're going to be solid colored blooms with the cutest little flowers that have kind of monkey faces on them. They're just so cute. They smell good. They're bright. They're cheery. So if things are getting overgrown or they get diseased, I'm looking to plug a few of those in just, just sporadically. I'll do more of those later, but for now, I just want a few in, and it's just fun to see the new, newest mom coming in. Come on. Who doesn't love moms? I did have a question from someone that came in and said, hey, my moms I planted three years ago, they've been in bloom for a month. Aren't they supposed to bloom in the fall? I'm going, well, no, not really. Our season is so long, it starts so soon here, that moms actually have two bloom cycles. Not unusual at all. The way that we do it here at the garden center is we actually take off the buds, the first buds in the greenhouse. We'll actually, they'll start flushing out. We'll cut them all off. So they'll force to bloom when we want them to. In your own gardens, in my own personal gardens, I just let them bloom. They'll be in bloom in July. They just look good. They'll bloom for a month. Then they kind of take a rest. Then you'll see the foliage underneath flush past that. They'll set a whole other set of blossoms on top of the spent flowers, and they'll be in bloom in October again. And they'll just keep blooming right through the end of the year. Amazing how chrysanthemums grow. Now, at this point, I've been planting chrysanthemums so long in my gardens that I just don't, I don't need any more of them. But I still want some by the front door. I still want some in my containers out front. I've shifted my thinking now because I've got so many in the yard already. don't need more. Um, I use them as a, an annual. I plant them, and I fully expect them to look glorious for about four months. Then I go, okay, you're not blooming anymore. You're out of here. And I, I compost them. They're just, they're, they're discarded. I'm not going to plant them out in the yard anymore. I don't have any more space for them. I'd rather have a, a, a blooming flocks or a, a new vinca or a new sage or something different that I don't have already. Unless it's a new color. I have actually been known. This is a gardener. Now, again, my name's Ken. I own a garden center. And so I can be a little more avant-garde with this. Uh, What I do is I'll dig some up going, I'm just tired of orange. I mean, that was so five years ago. Look at this new bright yellow with a purple variegation tip on it. That's so cool. And I'll just swap them out. And so I think we're okay. I mean, come on, for for $7.99, you can have a whole new color. You're not committed forever with this mom, I think we, we live in America, the greatest country that's ever existed on the planet. You can, you spent how much on that new cappuccino, whatever, frappa thing? For that price, you can have a, a flower whenever you want it. And so I just change them out every once in a while. It's okay. So summer and fall is my best favorite time. Uh, spring is more active because the the gardens are so bare just things have died back i've i've double turned my vegetable garden flowers are ready to go in but they're not planted yet so there's a lot of it's laborious almost and it's cold and windy right now it's yeah you might get an afternoon rain but the mornings are beautiful Uh, i don't have all the laborious piece i'm just adding a few color here or there but those crops are starting to show up i just got a whole new crop 
of aspens. If you've been waiting for aspen, I mean cookie cutter, beautiful, perfect, the perfect aspen. I just had a hundred of them show up. Maples, glorious, beautiful red maples just showed up. Some of them with trunks you can't even put your hands around. There are instantaneous trees. This is a great time to be planting or plugging those in, spotting those plants out in the yard because they root out just instantly with a deep, large, I mean, just large root structure. I wish I had time to go into why now works better than spring, but we're out of this segment. But I find my plants I put in now through fall actually have a better take, uptake, success rate than spring plantings. But we got Lisa Waters coming in right after this. We'll be right back. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Wondering why my garden looks amazing? Well, that's personal. The personal garden shopper service at Waters Garden Center, that is. Before talking with my personal shopper, I had no idea which plants would be best for me. But now my garden is bursting with flowers and buzzing with hummingbirds. Just go to watersgardencenter.com, click on shop, and choose personal garden shopper. A Waters Garden expert will pick the perfect plants for you, personally. The Personal Garden Shopper, only at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants for August are Radio Red Salvias, Trumpeting Vine, and Butterfly Bush. Monarch and Swallowtail Butterflies flock to Waters Butterfly Bush with spectacular 8-inch flowers filling the yard with fragrance and beauty. Heat, drought, wind only make this shrub bloom more. Tough enough to grow in clay, but hardy enough to shine in containers. With so many colors to choose, every yard should have at least two. You'll only find impressive butterfly bush at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. Hey, and Ken and Lisa Lane back in the studio. So Lisa's my favorite gal in all the world. Uh, without doubt, for the last 40 years or so, 35, I don't know, we dated, been married 34 years, and we've, uh, I was, I've been infatuated for five years before that. How about that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the word infatuated, but we've, we've known. We were college sweethearts through college, ASU, business management, and you were education, education, and then we got out and just said, hey, let's get married. <laughs> well. Okay. Yeah. We'll go with your story. And then you had kids immediately. <laughs> I mean, just like like three months later, there we go. Well, it was long. <laughs> just, just kidding. We've got four kids, three grandkids, and we love every one of them. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's just kind of Ken and Lisa Lane. We're the second generation owners of Waters Garden Center. And then uh, our, we've got our kids coming in. So third generation. So it's not unusual to have Harold Waters, your uh, father, uh, coming in. And your mother, they mm-hmm. still come in and say hi and love the garden center and all that's that, that's about. And then, um, then they they we're here all the time, and the kids are here all the time, There's... and then dogs are here. <laughs> 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 Family business, you got, we got it, it covered. Yeah, you got it. So anyway, yeah. this segment, it's all for you. Just kind of. Yeah. Get that woman's perspective, a different gardener's perspective. I think there's some value to that. And just uh, what's on your your mind, top of, top of mind, and um, share with the audience and inspire them. 
<laughs> no pressure. So last week I was talking about um, it being a really good time to kind of take it, look at your yard and decide, yeah, I need some more color. I need, you know, and I, I started to talk about evergreens and as usual, we ran out of time. Yeah. Uh, so I thought this week we would talk about evergreen shrubs that okay. are perfect for your yard. And, and the thing I love about evergreens, whether they bloom or not, I really don't care. To me, they're that that basis, that canvas, that your yeah. other flowers and your shrub, those flowering things play off of. The anchor mm -hmm. of the gardens. Oh, so no go. matter what the season is, that's the anchor. Mm -hmm. And it is nice to have evergreens. And you always tell me the percentage and I always forget. 20% should 20 be evergreens. should be evergreens. Yep. It's spring, summer, more. fall, winter. Uh -huh. So 20, 20, 20, 20. So 20% spring, 20% summer bloomers, 20% fall color, 20% evergreens. And that last 20% should be whatever you just tickles your heart. Uh -huh. Just plant that. That's okay. kind of how you, that's 100%. That. Of course, a true gardener, they'll have 110%. They'll find <laughs> a way to get more. Grab more <laughs> yeah, in there. Right. But it's really nice to have evergreen shrubs, especially by your front door where you're going in and out of a lot. Maybe a walkway around the side of the house. Yeah. Places where you're around a lot. Your patios. Um, you know, where you're just out there. It's nice to have that anchor there that you can plant other things around. So I thought we would talk about those really nice evergreen shrubs. What is your favorite evergreen shrub? Then I'll share mine. Really? Mm -hmm. I think my favorite is the hawthorns. Indian hawthorn, uh, really. Yeah, Graphilocus. I like the Indian hawthorn. Yeah. And I, one thing I like about that is it comes in so many different sizes. You can get the ballerina that gets two by two. Uh, the pink lady gets around three, four. Dwarf yettas get five, six. So it comes in such a nice variety of heights that you can use. Uh, and just that nice, heavy, kind of waxy foliage holds up so well. Drought hardy. Um, I can't think of any bugs that really go after it either. Now they're pretty, pretty low yeah. care. Sometimes deer can eat on them a little bit, but just, yeah. just for a moment, they pass, they're just passing through. Right. And Generally, they bloom. They bloom like crazy. Yeah. Very fragrant spring flower. One of the few flower. evergreens that bloom. It's a good choice. I don't know that I would pick that one, but I would go with, for myself, silverberry. Ah, I love yeah. Eliagnus. It's a native. Mm -hmm. It's got a gold leaf to it, but it's truly got a fragrant flower. Mm -hmm. It's evergreen. Mm -hmm. And once you get it up to size, you never have to care for it again. I like that. That's Evergreen, true. you hardly have to bother with. Animals don't eat it. Javelina, uh, 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 antelope, deer, they all leave it alone. Yeah, we have three of those right in front of the house. I we was, do. I was trimming Several them the last back. weekend. Yeah, grow so <laughs> fast. Get up to head height. Yeah. They're a good plant for your They are great. Very yeah. low maintenance. Another good one. So Nandinas are mm -hmm. another one that I really like. Um, they're again kind of some different heights within the Nandinas. The Nandina domestica gets five, six feet, even up to yeah, eight. Head height. If you yeah, were, if you yeah. go. Um, does really nicely. But the, my favorite ones are the Sienna Sunrise and the Gulf oh, yeah. Streams because they you don't have to fuss with them. They're a three by three, essentially shrub, evergreen. Beautiful mix of colors in there as the new new growth comes out. It has a red hue to it. Uh, really pretty in the fall. It's the, the gold and the red. And it's just a really nice, nice one out there. They're again deer resistant. Animals don't, they don't bother them. So mm -hmm. they look beautiful. They look delicious. They've got a sap to them they just don't like. Right. So if they found a defense mechanism mm -hmm. against the vermin. Right. And just low maintenance. So super easy to use. Don't get out of control. Boxwoods is another one, especially if you like green. 
Yeah, lots of green, and it's a pollinator. So huh. bees and butterflies, I can, they love it. They use it as an early source in spring okay. for it to, because bees are hungry when they come out mm -hmm. and they wake up in the spring. So anyway, yeah. So okay, yeah, boxwood there again, bazillion different varieties, sizes, heights, widths, yeah, and also deer resistant. I'd say proof they don't yeah. eat them. So right. I, they're just too much green for me. I, I, they're beautiful <gasps> green blobs, but there's a green blob. I, mean, I just I don't know. You know where I like to use them is in containers. Oh, well, that's probably because I'll yeah. use them as that center yeah. piece in that container, and then plant my flowers seasonally yeah. around it. Um, and that way, I've always got my anchor yeah. there with that I can change out. So Walk down the driveway mm -hmm. to the front door. There's different places. There's a way to really design yeah. with them. It's you make nice style. hedges too. Yeah. Nice hedges. Uh, Euonymus, which yeah. there again, how many how many Euonymus do you think there are? Fifteen. Ten. I bet there's more than that. I don't know. Seasonally, probably more than that. <laughs> it's a, it's probably a number one seller if you include them all yeah. from the winter creepers all mm -hmm. the way up to the silver kings and goldens. Right. Yeah. I just I have to look that up sometime because yeah. there's a lot of them. Um, you're right. From some that are yellow and green, some that are green and yellow, some that are just green. So high, tall, low. Great variety in there um, and, and really have more of a leaf look to them yeah. that's evergreen. So it's yeah. kind of unusual to yeah. have that. It's called a broad leaf evergreen. Mm -hmm. It can have a white flower to it, kind mm -hmm. of pretty. Uh, and it's got a waxy leaf to it. So the wax just keeps it from perspiring, which makes it right. very robust mm -hmm. in the mountains of Arizona. Definitely. Really good choice. Yeah. And a couple people don't often think about, but rosemary and oh, lavender. Yeah, and lavender. Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Both Perfect. Both nice ones. Um, rosemary's, there's the ground cover one. So if you're looking for some erosion control, that's yeah. a great one for that. Um, you got the Tuscan blue, you got the hill hardy, just a bunch of different varieties. That's one too. Really do your homework on that. That's one. Maybe come to the garden center. Don't just buy the first one you see because there's probably, again, 50 different types of yeah. rosemary's. And not all of them are hardy at this mm -hmm. elevation. They're all hardy down in, in Phoenix, mm -hmm. but not up here. Right. So you want to get the right one or they can die through the winter for you. Some have more antifreeze in them, so they're right. zone hardier. Mm -hmm. So we're only selling the ones that grow here, the barbecues, uh, Huntington uh, carpets, the, the Tuscans. Those are tough and they've proven mm -hmm. themselves. Uh, but otherwise, if you, sometimes you make a blunder and it wasn't you. Yeah, you were just sold the wrong thing, and there's no way you could have won. It's going right. to die in the winter, so just some homework. Yeah, so, I would say that's true of lavender. Yeah, too. very much. Make yeah, sure you're getting much. ones that are rated for that's here. Right. Um, and the other thing about rosemary, you get that blossom in the spring, and yeah. you get a fall blossom too, yeah. don't you? So, ours just went into bloom. Did it with this last this last week or so? Yeah, started going to bloom. It'll keep that bloom through fall. Right. Right. Uh, Catoniasters are another really good thing I like about Catoniasters is you kind of get some seasonal out of them. So most of them are going to bloom with a white blossom in the spring. And then they're going to put on a real pretty berry in the fall and winter. So that's yeah. really nice to get that kind of seasonal. And then, of course, you can't forget junipers. Junipers. Although a lot of you would like to. <laughs> it's okay. the most robust of yeah. all of the evergreens. Mm -hmm. We're surrounded by evergreen forests. So, right. of course, junipers are going to do really well. Mm -hmm. And the number one seller you forgot, red-tipped Fortini. Oh, we put our Calibre kids to through college it. just by selling that one plant. <laughs> Number one seller, but yeah. anyway, those are all good choices, and mm -hmm. there's more than just that. Oh, so yeah. there's many choices that you can plant now through mm -hmm. through autumn, and, and they'll do really well for you. Okay. okay, Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. Thank you, Lisa. We'll be right back after this. 
for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Hi, Waters with the Plants of the Week and our Gold Flame Honeysuckle. Wonderfully fragrant. These blooms are in full color right now and will stay that way until the first frost of October. These pink and gold blooms are irresistible to hummingbirds and butterflies alike. Excellent as a quick ground cover, but robust enough to climb vertical structures and fences, all for under $37. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love blooming vines, they love to shop gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-Home Garden Consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. So what happens at garden centers this time of year is there's a huge product switch product change. We're all preparing, especially in the mountains. This is really critical. So we are changing out from summer and spring blooming shrubs, shade trees, fruit trees, and we're shifting over to winter evergreens, winter evergreen shrubs and trees, so lots of spruce. So this week we just got in some beautiful, just beautiful deodor cedars. This is the fastest growing of the hardy, drought hardy, kind of native evergreen trees. It looks like a Christmas tree, sort of. It's got a central leader with big swooping branches, got blue and green on it. It's a pretty tree, does well. But we'll start to load up. We're predicting how many of those we are going to sell or need for landscapes from now through March. So we're starting to load up. So it's, it's a process to change out acres of plants to the winter mix. So you'll find that garden centers want to liquidate. Just we don't have room. We need to get those inventory dollars out of the uh, lilacs and the potentias and the butterfly bush. And we need room for the boxwoods and nandinas and red tifotinias and all these other evergreens. And so we're liquidating a lot of these things. You're seeing garden centers throughout the mountains. We've got to make this transition before we have our hard freezes. We need all this plant material in, in the garden center so it can acclimate, as we call it, or, or get used to our environment, that, that big swing between daytime and nighttime, so, to, so that it goes to sleep. It goes dormant on our schedule. You don't want to bring in something from another farm, another area, even next door, just, just let's say, Paulden or, or Tucson. Bring it in, and all of a sudden, it's been used to 70 degree weather and 50 degree nights, all of a sudden it's now 50 degrees and 19. That's going to be hard on plants. But if you bring it in early and it gets used to this, it's just, it'll handle that as long as it's acclimated. So you're seeing this transition. So you can t- pick up some really good bargains. You can s- make your landscape dollars really stretch by shopping your different garden centers. Now, we call it our monsoon sale just because typically 
the monsoons are usually happening. So, and it has. And so we've sold, I don't know, hundreds of trees. We're just trying to clear out. Really, I'd like to have only apples and a few pears left. And that's it. All the pitted fruits, I want those things in the ground. I don't want to winter those things over. I've got fresh ones coming in. I was just in, in Oregon uh, handpicking our spring crops right now, along with our fall evergreens. And so I've got whole new weight, truckloads of fresh new stuff. I don't want to winter it over. I want you to have it. You just take care of it. And I'll, I've got more stuff coming my way. So we don't, it's, it's stretching inventory dollars and then making sure the plant health is, is good for that season. It's planted now, it's great. If it's planted in December, it could do it, but it takes a lot of care on my part, a lot of labor dollars. I'd rather have you have it at a discount than me having to labor to deal with it. So anyway, that's you're seeing this transition right now. Deodor cedars, an interesting fact about those. So we were touring a farm, and I'm, I'm talking to the farmer. We're friends. I go, listen, John, how in the world do you get such nice Deodor cedars? I've never seen anyone do this. He goes, Ken, here's the secret. So he field grows his Deodor cedars. They're in the ground like corn in a field in the clay soil. And that's what deodors need. They need to have their roots in the ground for them to get really beefy. If they're grown in a container, they get real tall and spindly. They just don't get thick and full. But his are beautifully layered. They're gorgeous. I mean, they look like real trees right now. And so he goes, well, here's what I do. I grow them in a field for like five, six, ten years, depending on the size. Then I go dig them up. I dig them up late summer, early fall, and I kick off all the dirt. So he, he grows them in clay soil. He bought burlap, some of them, but for landscapers, but for retailers, for us, for backyard do-it-yourself folks, he hoses off all the dirt off the roots. Then he replants it immediately into a large-sized bucket, only with a soilless mix. So now it's light and airy. The plant roots like crazy in this mulchy, potting soil kind of, of mixture, and you get this big, fibrous root mass but it's also a lighter root ball, so you can handle it. So it takes, it looks better, handles better, easier for consumers to plant themselves. And it's just a nice, fuller, better colored plant. Going, you are a genius. How'd you figure this out? He goes on and on. It's amazing. A little glass of wine, good food, good friends. You get all the inside secrets. That's just so good. I mean, I've got friends that grow the best fruit trees, the best geraniums, tomatoes. We've, we've lined those crops out a French tarragon for next year. So just, you know, who has that insider tip? They've just been working with the plants long enough where they, they just know how to make it beautiful and grow. And so a lot of folks, I've just had a, a dinner party on Wednesday, our rotary club got together and we're going, Ken, how, how do you, how do your plants perform so well? I'm going, well, let me tell you how you got to go shake hands with the farmer and, and know what he does, what they do best. And so they've just been figuring, not only that, but they've got different ranges or greenhouses that they grow in, and they're manipulating the shade, the water, the angle of the plants to get the best performance. The really good farmers, they know what that plant needs and they're, they're experimenting. So they were doing some, uh, um, some summer perennials and they've got some in several houses. I'm going, why do you got these things spread out all over the place? So the head, head grower is going, well, it's because I want to see which where they perform best, which greenhouse, because the humidity changes, the light changes, even the water changes as they recycle, bring it back through. Just There's different variables, and plants respond accordingly.
And so we're trying to see which which place it grows the best. So it's it's just fascinating. This I never get bored. I love going to the farms and just seeing what's new. We know what some of the new plants are coming in through 2025. They're not available yet. We're just seeing a small crop. So there's a new uh, hosta coming online, probably in two years, that'll take full sun. Never seen this before. That's amazing for Arizona. That's amazing. That, that'll be awesome. I can't, I put my name on it going, you tell, when is the first crop available? We want all of them. So we put our name in the bin and I'm sure we're competing with a hundred other garden centers, but it's your friendships, your networks, just being appreciative of what they do and, and, and enjoying their art. This is artistry that they're showing off that we get to bring into the garden center and, and sell. So moms are coming in. You're seeing moms show up all over in every grocery store, every drug store, every box store, every warehouse. And most of these moms, they are going to be greenhouse grown. They're florist grade moms. They're beautiful. They should be gorgeous. They're perfect but they're not going to grow outside very well. They're used to greenhouse conditions and they've been pushed. I mean, just fertilized like crazy to flush and just be covered in flowers. But then there's garden grade. We're, we don't sell floral grade here. We, we want gardeners shop here at Waters Garden Center. We want a garden grade. It's still beautiful, but it's grown outdoors in a field. So we want those moms because they're going to transition and take up and come back year after year. My moms right now, they've got to be three or four years old. They've got to be three feet round and, a, and they're knee high and covered. I mean, hundreds of blossoms. They're not quite, they're starting to crack, not quite open. These are in the ground. So I've, I've got some, they're a little bit farther along here at the garden center that you could plant yourself, but they aren't three feet wide. I mean, they're, 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 they're more mature. You put them in the ground a couple of years, they'll turn into that. So that's, you want to do a little bit of homework, know what you're planting. But if it doesn't matter, go and enjoy it. Have it indoors. When it does, throw it away because it's probably not worth the energy. If you bought it from a big orange or blue box, it's probably not worth having that mom and try to garden with it because it's more likely going to fail than succeed. You might accidentally stumble into something, but you really want a garden mom that's been grown for gardeners for outdoor use. Enjoy them by the front door patios, the raised beds, then go plant them later. I've got some in, in uh, containers by the hot tub. They're just so pretty. And when finally about the turn, uh, about January 1, they're all brown, they look straw, and the wind is starting to kick up and, and the foliage, the leaves start coming up into the hot tub when I'm in there. But okay, that's enough. I'm cutting that mum back. We're done. We'll wait till next year and it'll start growing again fresh next year because it's a pretty. It's back every year. Anyway, some insider tips for you. Got more. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Hi, Lisa here with the plants of the week and our lavender chiffon hibiscus. This hardy variety is one of the longest blooming, most prolific shrubs showing off massive four-inch lavender flowers all summer long. This stately bush likes to show off and all for $39. But wait, there's more. These pretty shrubs come back again next year with even more stunning beauty. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love stunning hibiscus, they love to shop. 
Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our McMinn Manzanita. Part of water's expanding native selection, this is the big, bold manzanita you find growing throughout Arizona. A local evergreen growing wild with the classic red bark for a styling, drought-hardy landscape. Locally grown for local landscapes, this Easy Care shrub is just $39. Water's Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love lots of native plants, they love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lang. So I keep having customers ask, is it too late to plant? Can I plant now? When is too late? I just helped a customer just before the show. She's going, my, my arborist said I shouldn't plant trees until November. I'm going, what, what idiot told you that? That's not even close to the right advice. Uh, yes, you can plant in November, and that's what they do in the Midwest on the East Coast. You'll wait until fall, and fall's the, fall is for planting, the best time to plant. But not here in the Southwest. Here, we take advantage of the monsoon rain. So the, the, the ground is moist, air is humid, the, that that prevailing southwest wind that just nails plants, all that tender new growth in spring, that's over. Uh, and we can get some wind gusts. Okay, that's any time of the month here, any time of the year in the mountains of Arizona, that can happen. So I just had a customer, their, their aspen blew over with the wind shear. In a big old gust, they were up on a ridge, just blew it right over. I'm going, ooh, they went and bought a maple, which you've been wanting anyway, but... They were going, can I plant it now? Going, Absolutely. It's an ideal time. The ground is warm. It's moist. The plants will actively, actively root right now, especially your evergreens. Your evergreens need more time in the ground before they flush that top growth. And so if you can get those in the ground now, get those roots out, get an extra foot of growth outside that growing uh, root ball, you're going to have better growth next spring. You get Typically, spruce and pine, uh, many of these evergreens, you only get one shot in the spring, usually March and April, and whatever locks in, whatever you get out of that new candle growth, that new elongated branch, that's all you get for the year. And then it thickens up, it hardens, it, it, there's some things that happen, but it doesn't get longer. You can take advantage of that by planting now. So absolutely a good time. Can you plant everything right now? I have more fruit trees in March, April, and May than I do now, but I still have a lot of fruit trees. I'll have more blueberries than I do, you know, in spring than I do now, but I still have a hundred of them sitting on the table. You're still good. And they're on sale. We're trying to clear those things out. So you can take advantage of those things. Uh, you can, it's a great time to put in bigger uh, maples, the, the fall colored shade trees, now's the time. It just, I can't think of a better time. Evergreen, spruce, pine, fir, cedar, cypress, junipers, all these things do better by planting them now, but way before winter comes. Other parts of the country, you wait until things slow down and they start to go into stasis and then you put them in the ground. Not here, because we, we really don't cool down. Even in January, it's nice and warm here. It's uh, The ground doesn't actually permafrost? Does it freeze? Now, now, this is broadcast all over northern Arizona. I realize I'm going to get some folks in the White Mountains going, but it does up here. 
Flagstaff, it does appear. Okay, yes, you can get a frost line, but the rest of us live in, in this beautiful 4,000 to 6,000 foot elevation. We don't. So if you do get a one inch layer of frost, it just it thaws right out and you're, you're good to go. So it's such a good time. To, can't, it's almost better to plant now than it is in the spring. We go over a lot of this, this weekend's garden class, gardening for newcomers. It's a, it's a very technical one. So it's what are frost dates and zones and how do you plant? When do you plant? What's a, what, when do you, what's a crop rotation of, of things? We go into that next week. It's the top 10 trees and how to plant them. And there might be 12. Uh, there might be, you know, five evergreens or six, six evergreens and four seed trees. I don't know. We'll just pick 10 beautiful trees that have just come off the truck. They're glorious. Show them off. They're going to be planted now and then go into details of how to actually put them in the ground so they root out so you get more growth out of those trees. And then we'll give you some insider tips on if you've got a fairly new landscape, how do you push those things so they, they bulk up on you faster, sooner. They get more mature faster. Uh, the, uh, September 10th, that's going to be climbers and ground covers. So we've had a lot of erosion with all the rain. So we'll cover what are the best ground covers, what are the best vines to grow here in your landscape. And then it's easy to grow mountain plants. What are those that are just bulletproof? That's September 17th. And it keeps going on. Privacy screens. It just goes on and on. Fault to-do list. Autumn best autumn color. Uh, there's a lot to take a look at watersgardencenter.com. On the very front page, there's a classes button. If you've got a topic you want to know, I want to know what plants are javelina proof. There's a search bar. Just go javelina proof plants. And the, the, our website is an encyclopedia of garden content. You'll get videos and books and all kinds of stuff. It's made to be a resource to really help you be a better gardener here at this elevation in the mountains of Arizona. Throughout the week, Lisa and I love talking to gardeners, fans of the show here at Waters Garden Center. We believe small business can win against impersonal box stores at Waters Garden Center. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our Arizona Cypress. If you want low-maintenance natives, easy care, and reduced water use, then this is the evergreen for you. When planted in rows, they block the wind, traffic noise, and make the perfect privacy screen. Comes in an Arizona blue, easy to grow, and prefers monsoon planting. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love native evergreens, they love to shop. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.